You're listening to Stories After Midnight. I appreciate you coming by and checking out this story. I really do hope you enjoy it. I feel like I'm lost. A lot has happened since my last post, and I don't even know where to begin. I've tried multiple times to type this out, but my head has been killing me. My vision gets so blurry, and I feel the need to lay down every time, but I feel slightly better now. That night, after typing out my story, I sat in the bathroom for a couple of minutes. I felt an emptiness in my chest, almost as if my heart had sunk down into a bottomless pit. I stared at the door, waiting for a knock, or maybe a rattle. I feared that the thing pretending to be my husband would break the door down and I'd have nowhere to go. I feared going out there, my own bedroom, and being in the dark, with whatever that thing was. I looked at the tiny window at the back of the bathroom, wondering if I could fit through there. It didn't matter that I'd fall fifty feet to my death. I was overwhelmed with fear. I pictured the thing silently waiting by the door and felt tears run down my cheek, realizing that I had found myself in the corner. That's when I heard something. A soft sound coming from the door. I flinched slightly when I realized that it was a scratching noise and tried my best to hold in a scream, but all my fears disappeared when I saw White Paw trying to reach underneath the door. Perhaps he wanted to be in there with me, or perhaps he wanted to comfort me, but the thought of my cat being out there gave me a moment of courage. I silently opened the door and stepped out. I had braced myself for anything, silently muttering a prayer that I wouldn't see anything unnatural. Maximus, my cat, lit by the light emanating from the bathroom, reached up to me. I was focused on nothing else. I picked him up. The darkness was overwhelming. I slowly took one step out of the bedroom when I heard his voice. Becky, Jay whispered in a sickly voice. I only saw his shape in the dark. He was still on the bed. I felt Maximus tense up in my arms. Bex. I heard the covers shift and the bed creak. He sat up. I... I don't feel right. I didn't say anything. I wanted to make sure that I could get away if something happened. I took a step back. Jay began to sob. He buried his head into his hands, and even though it was too dark to make out anything other than his shape, I was still taken aback by seeing him cry. I did a horrible thing. He cried and then coughed. I wanted to comfort him, to see what was going on. Maybe all of this had been paranoia. Maybe he wasn't possessed or whatever I thought he was. And I just imagined all of this. Maybe this wasn't real to begin with. I felt a stab of guilt for my doubts. I still loved my husband from the depths of my heart, and I wanted to be there for him. Abruptly, the crying stopped. Bex, he said. Turn on the light. I watched his shadow sit up straight and just watch me, motionless. Jay, I... I tried to protest. He just stared at me. I felt an intense fear. I feared what I might see if I was to turn on the light. Jay, please go to bed. I love you, but you need help, I said. Maximus relaxed in my arms. We can talk tomorrow. Jay sighed and laid down. I waited for a couple of seconds and watched. He lay motionless, and soon after, I began to hear snores. With Maximus in the passenger seat, I drove away from the building. I felt a relief like never before. I felt safe. 
I needed help, but I had no one in this city except for the man I was afraid of. Picked up my phone and called the only other person who could help me. Jay's mom was a sweet woman. She had been very accepting of me despite the cultural differences. We never really had a proper conversation since there was a bit of a language barrier, but I was desperate right now. It took her three rings to pick up. She sounded cheery on the other end, but we had trouble understanding each other. She just kept mentioning Jay's name, which I interpreted as her asking me to put him on the phone to translate for me. But since I couldn't get him on it, it didn't work out. She hung up and I began to cry in frustration. I felt completely lost. Completely alone. Considered calling my dad for a second, but we hadn't spoken in years and I was hesitant about it. But before I could make that decision, I got a call back from Jay's mom and I answered immediately. Hello? I heard an enthusiastic male voice from the other end. Becky, this is Moet, Jay's cousin. Is everything okay? Where's Jay? I could hear Jay's mom talking in the back. I assumed telling him what to say. Moet, I, I don't know how to start. I broke down. I told him everything that happened, and he listened. There was a moment of silence as he translated everything to Jay's mom, and then another silence fell, and then she began to say something, and Mohit translated every word of it. The enthusiasm had been sucked out of his voice. Becky, Boa tells you to stay strong. There was something off with the boy the last day he was here, but we assumed that he missed you. Boa hoped it was just that. You should stay away from him for now. Abua will talk to someone who knows about this stuff, but just stay safe. We'll be praying for you. I'll listen to every word he spoke. For now, if you can, go home and turn on every light. And do not, and I repeat, do not let it get dark in there. You have to be brave, Becky. We'll be here if you need us. Should I go now? I asked. Mohit asked Jay's mom before getting back to me. No, go in the morning. There's no telling what danger you'll be in right now. A night of terrible dreams awaited. There were bells, but louder, with every ring, my head hurt more. I was in the middle of a clearing in a dense forest. The night sky was devoid of the moon. The only light came from a large fire in the distance, around which a long-haired figure danced. His limbs were spindly and moved in an impossible manner. It was like a snake. He flowed as he danced around the fire, contorting and swinging his limbs. He seemed naked and then I heard howls that sounded as if they came from the depths of human throats. They came from the trees all over. I was paralyzed, and a sense of doom took me. And then I saw it in the sky. Tall and dark, the shadow rose. Two glinting yellow eyes and large horns reaching up higher than I could see. The rays of the sun woke me. The dreams had scared me so much that I would have wept again if I had more tears. Maximus was laying in between my feet, looking up at me with innocent eyes. I held him and let out a silent cry, alone in the car. The daylight had given me some courage, and when I got down to my apartment, I wasn't surprised to find it empty. The door had been wide open. I felt a sense of relief when Maximus walked around the place without being spooked, but still checked every corner to make sure I was alone. I turned on every light I could and began to leave when I heard someone walking into the apartment. It was Jay. I froze for a second, looking at him. His eyes looked tired and he still wore the same clothes from the night before. He stumbled, and then before he could say something, he collapsed on the floor. He reeked of alcohol, 
and as much as I wanted, I didn't want to leave him like that. I got him a pillow and a blanket, since I couldn't drag him to the bed. I hesitated, but put a hand over his head, and he grabbed it softly. With his eyes still closed, he began to speak in a soft, drunken voice. Becky, I love you, he said. I'm scared. He began to sob. I'm here, I said, comforting him. Please tell him to stop, he said. Who? I asked with a chill running down my spine. The old man at the door. He wants me to let him in, he said. Look. I looked towards the open door, scared. There was no one there. Becky, I... he said. I think I did something bad. What did you do? I asked him. It's okay to tell me. I bit my lip, anticipating whatever was to come, while still keeping an eye on the door. In India, on the way to my village, I met a man. Jay opened his eyes, looking up at the ceiling. He was alone on the road, surrounded by a forest. He looked like a hitchhiker. I, I don't know why, but I stopped for him. Jay's eyes widened out of fear, and I felt him tremble. I... He passed out, drunk. I called Jay's mom, even though it was probably in the middle of the night back in India. She got Mohit on the phone, and they told me that they would contact a local priest and that they would be performing a cleansing prayer tomorrow. He assured me that I shouldn't worry and that things will be fine, but for now I should keep my distance no matter what. I was tempted to listen to Jay's heartbeat. Maybe this time I would hear something, but the idea of touching him just made me feel anxious. It was like hugging a spider. Even though I was afraid, the sunlight made me a little bold. I felt a little tug on my pants, and I saw Maximus down there, tugging at my pants. He seemed a little more relaxed, so I picked him up and put him next to his bowl of food. I lay on the bed, watching the sun, and looked at my phone. I called in sick to work and scrolled on my phone for a while, looking for similar situations as mine. I fell asleep without knowing when, and woke up right in the middle of the night. I jolted up, scared and knowing what I had just done, and then walked out into the living room. Jay wasn't there, and the door was open a crack. However, what was even more odd was his clothes lying right in the middle of the floor, as if he had just slipped out of them and never bothered to put them away. I checked out into the halls, but they seemed empty, and there were no signs of him at home as well. I tried calling him, but his phone was still in his pants. I decided then that I should take my mother-in-law's advice and leave. I got my stuff and began looking for Maximus. I knew he would be here near somewhere, as the door wasn't open wide enough for him to leave. I checked in the living room, under the couch, and behind the television stand, but he wasn't there. Then I went into the bedroom, and looked under the bed, and my heart stopped in my chest. I see my husband, naked and under the bed on all fours. His face was frozen in a smile, and stayed in place as his eyes locked onto me, following me around. He was unmoving, almost as if paralyzed. Only his eyes moved. I couldn't see all of his body. It was concealed by darkness under there. The house had been completely lit, and I really hoped that Maximus wasn't under there. I immediately ran into the bathroom, still facing the bed and praying that he doesn't come out. But he wasn't there either. I couldn't find him, and even though I wanted to look more, I was scared. I ran out of the house and sat in my car. 
I'm completely lost, and I have no idea what's going on anymore. I called 911 and waited in my car for the cops to show up. And why is this happening to me? I feel like I'm stuck in a terrible nightmare and I can't wake up. I just want things to end. I feel like a coward right now, and I really hope no one has to suffer because of my lack of strength. I don't know if anyone is listening to my prayer right now, but I just want my life back. My headache's back again. I'm going to end this post here, but I'll update as soon as I can. If you're listening to this, please cherish what you have. Be grateful for your loved ones and tell them how much you appreciate them. I'll see you soon. And that's the end of part two. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, like the video, consider subscribing and leaving a comment. Really do appreciate that. If you'd like to do more, uh, we do have Patreon memberships and a YouTube membership. I don't have much to offer right now other than my utmost and sincere thanks. Now there is a Discord you can join too if you want to hang out. But other than that, huge shout out to my Patreon members and uh, YouTube channel members. I really appreciate the support. With that said, I really hope you enjoyed it. And I guess, like always, we'll see you in the next one.